0: Hello, I'm Marilyn Dennis, and this is Marilyn Dennis Does a Podcast. This episode, I'll be chatting with fashion expert, boutique owner, and lifestyle expert, Greta Monahan. She's a good friend of mine and is one of our favorite fashion people on The Marilyn Dennis Show. You'll also know Greta from The View and The Rachel Ray Show. We're going to check in with Greta and her husband and their two sons at their home in the Hamptons. Find out how everyone's doing during this pandemic. We're also going to talk with her about her very personal battle with breast cancer, she's got great advice that you don't want to miss. So let's talk with Greta Monahan. Hello, family. Hey. Hi. 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 Okay, I see Rio. You're two and a half years Hi. old. Hello. hello, hello. And I see uh, Kai, who's nine years old. Hi, Kai. And Hi. Ricky. Finally, Hi. we meet, husband. We yes. finally meet, Bye. Ricky.
1: Hi. I've known you for years, but we haven't got to hug each other. And we're not going <laughs> to hug each other for a while. And I understand that, but soon I know. we
0: will. <laughs> soon yeah. we will. And Greta, good to see your face, honey. Um, so- you are quarantining in your beautiful home in the Hamptons.
2: Yes, we are out east. Um, we kind of, you know, ran out of the city. And we were like, you know... We were there for a while. Kai finished school. We started homeschooling there. And then we just said, you know what? If we have a room, like, room in the yard to roam, we'll be so happy. You know, And right. we were very fortunate <laughs> to be able
0: to run out and do this. Ricky, you, we want to talk about this Beacon Hill second season. Tell us all about that.
1: Yes, uh, so it's actually, it drops on Fridays at 3 p.m. It is a subscription uh, series that is in its second season, Beacon Hill, the uh I believe is where yeah. you can subscribe. We're in our second mm-hmm. season, getting excited to go into our third season. It's a political soap opera drama. Uh, I think you, anybody who, knows, a lot of people know the characters already that, um, that, followed a lot of our careers in daytime and we actually have a mm-hmm. lot of familiar faces in this series that they will hopefully love, continue to love. It's a lot of fun. We shot, in, we shot in Boston and then we shot in, in uh, outside in, in Massachusetts also further out of town. Um, so it's the real deal and it's a lot of fun and uh, I get to be with a lot of my old cronies on that show as well. So
0: that's so great! You're nominated for an Emmy. Is the show nominated? You nominated?
1: Uh, I was. We were nominated the last season as producers. I get to produce on that show as well uh, for oh. an M. The show has the show, and the show's got a new nomination this year as this season as well. So we're very mm-hmm. lucky and fortunate.
0: Well, listen, Ricky, uh, I'll let you take the boys out. It's so good yeah. to meet you finally virtually, but we'll do it in person.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm going to do that. I'm going to save everybody now and take them <laughs> take them out of the. Out of the shot and let you ladies get to it and have some fun. Okay. Yeah.
0: He knows. Uh, yeah, Maryland that sounds good.
1: I'm going to need get a sponge also.
0: This one, God. That's great. But listen, it's so good to meet your husband finally and <laughs> okay. your two boys. Bye. I see you bye. on Instagram, bye. but I. It's a I bye, kids.
2: All mama's stuff. You go. <laughs> bye, Rio.
0: Yeah. Bye, Kai. No, Thanks, Ricky. And off oh. they go. go ahead, Mother's go ahead. Day. What can I tell you? Mother's Day programming. Uh, Greta Monahan. Greta Monahan. I, you know, I see you post all the time. You got all sorts of stuff in front of you. We're going to ask you about the five things you can't live without right now. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of coping that has to be done when you're quarantining. Uh, the pros and cons of quarantine. I mean, there's a little bit of each. What is the pro or pros for you?
2: I think the pro is definitely having these spontaneous moments where you otherwise wouldn't be together and, you know, we we Mm -hmm. all hop in the car midday and drive to the beach because it's the place we can go or, you know, uh, go jump out and go into the backyard and jump on the bouncy house or just take a walk together. I think, you know, that's the type of stuff that when life is normal and you're busy, um, you don't really... You don't have those extra moments to do that and to, to be with right. each other. So I think that's, I mean, if you're trying to create, I mean, nobody wants to feel as though they're stuck in the house and can't go out and be with people they love, but we are with mm-hmm. the most important people to us, thank God, and those of us who are, are very, very fortunate. We talk about that a lot. How do,
0: you, how do you explain to your nine-year-old and your two-and-a-half-year-old what this quarantine is all about? How did you, you and Ricky, explain to them what the deal was?
2: Well, we, yeah, we, we, we talked about as much as we could. We really keep it very, we don't try to, you know, uh, we don't try to sh- basically over oversimplify it. We, we mm-hmm, pretty much mm-hmm. give, it, we have and stick to the science and to the, and to what we're hearing from, obviously, uh, Anthony Fauci and just the, the, you know, the cleanest and simplest way we can describe it. We described it like it was a flu, but it's mm-hmm. not the flu. And it's a virus that no one has dealt with or has any experience with. And for that reason, we must take precautions to protect people who are vulnerable to all types of things, including this. And so that's mm-hmm. why it feels so extreme, because none of us have actually, we haven't really gone through this in our lifetimes. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's in and out to protect those need extra protection. And that's all of our responsibility and our job as a community and a, and a planet. So trying, it's, you know, trying to explain that certainly to Rio being two and a half and we, you know, he mm-hmm. was there, but how much he actually, what he can absorb is, is just that we're suddenly all here. And I can see that he is, he's been for six weeks so overstimulated sometimes because he's Uh, not used to having us every single minute and hour of the day. mm -hmm. You know, we're busy thinking Mm -hmm. I work, Ricky works. So, you know, we normally have a babysitter, but I mean, it's been just us four. And so I think for Mm -hmm. that, I can see his behavior. For Kai, he's really incredible. And he really was very interested in what coronavirus was. He wants to watch some of the news though. I'm careful. I don't have it on all day. Uh, Mm -hmm. he's also talked to his teachers about it separately when he has feelings that are really strong. Like mom, homeschooling is really hard or this is so hard. Mm -hmm. I miss my friends. You know, we make an, we make an agreement that he, we're going to bring the teachers in and let's, let's talk to the people that are the most trusted people in his life. And I think that's important, Marilyn, because yes, it is wonderful and it is the best to to be with each other. That's, you know, that's an incredible gift of this. But at the same time, they need other outlets, other people who aren't with them, seven, who they love, trust, and miss. So whether that's a FaceTime call to bring uh, or somebody,
0: that's that's what we try to do. Hey, at least we're able to do that. And I, I would say the con is just, you know, I mean, we all feel fortunate that we are in a safe place, uh, and those of us that are. Um, it is a different way of living. Um, and I know your, your sons have been through another, uh, this is another layer of the chapter of the life of your family, which we're going to get to uh, very soon. I guess the cons are just that it's frightening, especially when little ones um, miss their friends and miss all those wonderful benchmark moments that they would have experienced at this time of year with their buddies. You know? It's tough. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. He yeah. keeps, Kai keeps talking about camp, you know, that's yeah. a time. Yeah. And he's, up, thank goodness. But, you know, and I have it, yeah. I'm holding the stress. Like, is yeah. that going to happen? Yeah. It's it's hard to right. imagine it. So we're just yeah. taking day by day, getting the information we get and giving it as it comes in. We're not going to overly plan or overly
0: assume yeah. at this moment. Well, uh, yeah, you have to be very careful. It has to be age-appropriate advice, and there's so much going on there. Now for something that is a little lighter now, and that's for, we ask all the mothers, what are the five things that you can't live without right now in this quarantine time?
2: You mean other than cooking (laughs) cream ice cream? (laughs) Honestly, Marilyn, I've never eaten ice cream in my life. (laughs) I love it. I just love the food. Okay. Okay, So number one, we probably have been overindulging a little, huh? A little. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So definitely, definitely been, you know, just trying different recipes. But I find myself making cookies a lot and having an offering ice cream Uh. a lot. Because I don't know, it seems to put a smile on everybody's faces. And a Saturday feels like a Tuesday. So why not?
0: (laughs) You know, yeah, right?
2: So that—that's yeah. the thing: food and fun, and watching all my foodie friends, and getting all their chefy advice. It's just you know that's been a big pastime here. We made um Kai made uh, pizza. We had little uh, phyllo dough in the fridge, and he made you know like a pizza dumpling. You know, because we had had pizza so many nights,
0: we needed to reinvent that a little bit. Mm-hmm, <laughs> that's so <laughs> good. You so- are surrounded by you. You are surrounded by chefy friends. So, I, I mean, I, yeah, exactly. I, I hope you're, you're sharing that with them because they will be very impressed by, you yes. know, your expertise in their field, right? <laughs> what about this face mask? You it like face masks. In the kitchen.
2: Sorry about that. I would say no. I shouldn't be in the kitchen. <laughs> I'll leave the cooking up to them when, when quarantine is over.
0: Right. Now you say you can't live without a face mask.
2: Yeah. I, so I feel about, you know, I'm really into self-care. That's my thing. Yeah. Um I'm always so happy to see how women, how great women feel when, including myself, when they get that extra bit and the guys too. Ricky Mm -hmm. loves masks and loves it. He's totally into it with me. It's kind of a date night ritual now. Um, But yeah, so I love a face mask. I believe that while we're in quarantine, you know, and just as stress runs high in your life, and I found this even last year with some personal, you know, things I was going through. You tend to, your, your body burns a lot while you're in stress mode. We know that. So, when I say mm-hmm. burns, I mean on the beauty side, people will share with me I feel extra dry. I feel, you know, really dehydrated. I feel like my skin is especially congested. Um, you know, there's been so much talk, as you know rightfully so about washing hands, staying clean. So I think we're all in this super cleaning mode, which is great, but accompanied with stress, it really does dehydrate you. So for me, a mask gives me not only that downtime and forces me to do that, but it also, it also, gives me that hydration back to my skin. So one of the ones that I have been doing every night is this one. It's naturally serious. I was actually going to put it on today for you. <laughs> it's a <laughs> hydrating medication. It's clean. I think my my best recommendation for people, I love this because it's clean. It doesn't have parabens. It's uh, really, you know... Easy and fast and 10 minutes and boom, it's off. Um, but, you know, it's something you can use every single day. So whether you're mixing up something from your cupboard or you have a, pre, you know, a favorite line or no. something maybe that you've had in your beauty drawer for a while that you haven't pulled out and used, this is a good time to do it. And I say, really do it much more frequently. We're inside. So by yeah. all means, you know, use your masks as right. much as you
0: can. Hair color, queen of hair. Well You. I went to your hair salon in Boston. It's a great hair salon. Hair color, still pampering yourself, uh, which is great to do. So talk to us about hair color.
2: Okay. So hair color, we know, I guess that straddles between sort of, you know, self-care and pampering. But if you ask many of us, and I'm one of them, it's a necessity. (laughs) Hair color is a necessity. Um, and it just makes us feel so great. So the one that I'm obsessed with that has saved my life during this is Revlon. I don't know if you've seen this yet, Melon. It's brand new. It's total color. And it's yeah. the it's vegan home hair color, which I love oh, wow. because it has no parabens, no sulfates, no silicone, 0% ammonia, no mineral oil. So it's got all the icky stuff out. And so this formula is really cutting edge, new, and clean. So what I love about it for two reasons is, you know, I own salons. So Mm -hmm. I do make professional color kits for my local clients and I send it out. But for a lot of people who ask me, they can't, you know, they're either not a customer that we formulated for before, or they're like, what do I do with my hair? And I get it. I get these questions over Instagram. And what I love about it is that when you have something that has a much cleaner formulation to it, then you don't have the mistakes associated that scare people like a lot. It really scares them to use a box color, you know. Right. So if someone right. get, you know, doesn't have a, a hair color kit coming in from their hairdresser, and they really need to go grab something, my my suggestion is find the find the cleanest, most fail proof product you can. And that's why I I've been I loved it. I left my salon not knowing I needed the color kit. So I had to right. use something and I was like, Thank God I have that. Thank God. Um, and I just love it because it, it smells great. You don't have all the yucky chemical yeah. smell. It's simple and easy oh, listen, to do.
0: You're done. I made many mistakes in the late seventies and early eighties, and I can tell you that That's looking I mean. at box color scares me, but at least it's gentler now, which is good to know. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know, yeah. when you did it back okay. today, you did stuck with it. Oh, it was brutal. Anyway. Home lemon, and we're going to go through this quickly. Uh, number three is home lemon and coconut petty soak. How do you do that? I like that. We know we already know Ooh, you've, you've done have... cookies and ice cream. Mm.
2: <laughs> so I know it's all about the pantry. Um, so you take a whole lemon, you squeeze it. If you can scrape a little zest. Believe it or not, that makes the whole pedicure amazing. I even know some of my friends are soaking oh, wow. their hands because it just makes you—it just smells so amazing. And because our, you know, I told you we're, we've lost a lot of hydration. We're burning it through mm-hmm. stress, plus just this, you know, time of year and seasonality: heat, cold, heat, hot, cold. You, you really with the lemon, I love it because you get that decongested, clean feeling, which we want for our feet, even for our hands. But it doesn't Mm -hmm. have the abrasiveness of all the soaps we're using and all of the hand sanitizer we're using. You know, your hands are in and out of gloves. I'm sure you are, too, going to the grocery store, Mm -hmm. doing whatever, you know, small things you have to do outside. And so hands and feet need that. For the Petty, I do a whole lemon. I do... anywhere from three to four tablespoons of coconut oil. You know how you scoop it right out of the jar? Yeah. Boom. Right. It goes right into your warm, petty water. And then if you want extra, extra cleaning, add a little bit of bacon soda, but you can leave it lemon and coconut oil. If you don't have coconut oil, use olive oil. It's fine. That's going right. to give your feet really great hydrating bath.
0: I need that for my heels more than anything. OBE Home Workout Subscription. Tell me about that. What's that all about?
2: So, you know, you, you know, I mean, I've looked at so many things. I have kids on like free yoga apps, you know, in the middle of the day trying to stretch and get some breaths. For me, I fell in love with this one, even though I've tested and tried a lot of them. Obey is what they call it. It's oh, our obey. body okay. is what it means. Mm-hmm. And when you go on to this, Marilyn, so the workouts are all over the place, but this workout, they have so many different segments. They have seniors, they have a special curated group for kids. They've got these high intensity kind of dance options. But the biggest thing of all that flipped me out that I thought you would enjoy is when you go and you sign up for one of their, one of their classes that they're giving, they give a million a day, but whatever class you sign up for, all of a sudden the trainer gets on to the live and says, hi, Greta in Long Island. And I'm like, what? What? Was, they have a they have a production situation kind of like this where, but they can call yeah. they can say hi, Marilyn. How are you in Canada? Hi, you know they go through the, it's unbelievable how it works. So wow. it's not just click get on and watch a taped you know program. You really literally feel a like you're socializing because that's what a lot of people love exercise mm-hmm. class for miss mm-hmm. and b. you know, you, you're really connected to that instructor. It's unbelievable. I don't know how they do it, but I thought it was really cool. And it's kind of become my little obsession since I love cookies, cookies and cream ice cream so
0: much. Yeah. Yeah. And you mentioned that more than once and I'm now in, I want to know what's your favorite, what's your favorite cookie recipe very quickly. Which one do you use? Oatmeal chocolate, chocolate chip, classic cut and bake. Scott, love. Oh, you're my kind of friend. I'll tell you that. Tell us about your <laughs> magic makeup at home hair pick me up. What, what is that? Okay.
2: So I was going to bring it up for you. All it is is a spray bottle, regular water from the tap and a tablespoon or two. You can do two um, in eight ounces of water of apple cider vinegar. So Um, I have used that now for a year and I thought I would stop after my chemo treatments, but I've loved it so much as a scalp and hair neutralizer. It neutralizes all of the pollutants, the toxins, cleanse the scalp, but very, very, very gently. It doesn't interact poorly with anything else you're using. So you stick with whatever, whatever shampoos and conditioners you love. And also it can, you know, you can do that little spritz on your hair and scalp, leave it on wet or dry, rinse, condition, and you will see the shine, you'll just see the shine revealed from your hair because it's basically getting and, and really melting off all of the products and just the pollutants we pick up when we're outside.
0: So what's the recipe again?
2: So it is eight ounces of tap water and two tablespoons of apple cider vinegar.
0: I can't believe it. Which has been sitting in my my refrigerator for the last two years. It hasn't expired. Then I wait till it expires. That I'm going to throw it out, but not anymore. It's Mother's Day on Sunday. Um, it's a very special Mother's Day. It, it's we have
2: so much. We've had a, such a different year this year, and you know Mother's Day is especially significant. I think for us, as tell
0: everybody tell tell everybody why it's so significant. Walk us through that.
2: Yeah, so actually today, uh, this day, last year, I walked in to get my annual mammogram. And when I did, I was on time, thank goodness, and, um, you know, had had made sure I had an appointment. When I did, I went in to go see my doctor, and she started the exam, and we were chit-chatting about kids and life and, you know, everything. And she said, you look pretty good. You look great. Let's see. She sat and she laid me down for the, um, for the, sorry, ultrasound. And as mm-hmm. she rolled the roller over my breast, she said, oh, I don't like this. I'm seeing something I don't like, and I want to show you. And so at that moment, she made the screen larger because it was a very small area. And she said, I want to show you this up close, as close as I can. This has an irregularity to it that I don't like. I don't want to jump to conclusions, but it is, it is suspicious enough to me that I'm also not going to wait. She said, I want you to come in tomorrow and I want you to get a biopsy. I will do a needle biopsy right here in the office and we will send this out to have pathology and, and get the answers on this right away. So I left, I remember leaving that day, you know, I had never seen my doctor like that. She is a very straight shooter. She's, you know, uh, incredibly nurturing and caring and ferocious about protecting females and their health and well-being. I mean, we're, we're really tight and close. I trust her. And I knew that if she... I knew leaving that, that the, the office that day, I knew if she was raising her concern to that level to have me in the next day, I should be concerned. But at the same time, I think in those moments, and so many of us have to do screenings and we find out, you know, there's something there and then thank goodness it's fine. And I've had had that situation before where something's looked mm-hmm. suspicious. We've taken a closer look at it and I, everything's been fine. We went in the next day. I told Ricky, we went in the next day, had my biopsy. And then we were called and told, uh, later that day that I did in fact have malignant breast cancer.
0: The remarkable thing about this for you is that you let everybody follow you on this journey. Yes. Which is, you have to make that choice, don't you? Do I want people to know about this? Uh, that's extra pressure, uh, I know it's helpful. I mean, um, you know that's pretty amazing that you did this. So initially, they wanted to preserve your breast. Am I right?
2: Yes, initially they did. So in that ultrasound and in that biopsy, what they discovered was three small areas. They call them lesions, and so there was mm-hmm. very they were very small, good thing. But there was three of them. There was three areas, and so when they took that and they realized that these were in fact. Um, you know, malignant cells, we needed to immediately move on at that point and talk to a breast surgeon. So I had a consultation this Friday of last year, this upcoming Friday, wow. with, with the first breast cancer surgeon. And she took a look mm-hmm. and said, wow, these are really small. You know, we always set out to preserve women's breasts where we can. The newest studies say that it is not necessary always to take the entire breast. So let's, let's explore that. That's, that's where I would like to go with this. And that was our plan originally. After that day, I had to go in to get many more diagnostic tests for more detail. MRIs, you know, there was further pathology done on that little spot that you, you saw earlier uh, that they took from my, my chest and the needle biopsy. And basically mm-hmm. at that point, the MRI had come back. More pathology had come back the next week, Marilyn and that was when my surgeon and also my radiologist called me and said on second look with a lot of mm. you know a lot more detail now and a lot more testing we're now seeing that these three areas are showing up that there are some highlighted cells that are outside of those areas not gravely outside but they're scattered and they described it like a buckshot or sand that there are cells mm-hmm that kind of have escaped. And so at that point, they rounded up with me and said, look, we're very sorry, but we feel we would not be giving you the best treatment um, if we didn't recommend at this point to have a mastectomy. And so that was that moment. The good news about that moment was that when I had MRIs done on both breasts, the right breast wasn't showing any cancer. So at You know, it was really about the left breast at that moment. Mm So Mm -hmm. basically, you know, that day, Marilyn, I could tell you, if my husband was here, he would say, it was, it was a lot to take. We were like, wow, we thought we were going to go in. I was going to be able to, you know, get that out really fast. And at that point, the whole process shifted because thank God I could still have a surgery to potentially Mm -hmm. cure but at the same time, it involved meeting all these new teams of reconstructive doctors because the breast surgeon, when you have a mastectomy, you need a breast cancer surgeon that removes the cancer. Then you need to have a re- reconstructive team that is expert in mastectomies to start your reconstructive process right in that first surgery. So it's a, it's, it's, you know, it, was, it changed the course for us. We had to pause a minute. And, and regroup and meet new doctors and, and prepare for a much larger surgery.
0: So, when did that much larger surgery happen? After you were first diagnosed.
2: So I was diagnosed on May first. I ended up um, telling my family, you know, telling the kid, telling Kai, and on May tenth, mm-hmm. which was Mother's Day, and then I had my mm-hmm. surgery on May twenty-fourth after. I did, I did, Marilyn, I did five, I did a lot of extra opinions because I had a, you know, I had a, two different, my, I had both cancer cell types. I had that little bit of scatter. Mm-hmm. You know, there were some people who mm-hmm. still felt that a lumpectomy could take care of it. That, you know, you as you go down this now, road yeah. and you're on these, you meet brilliant people, but they, you know, they sometimes have different opinions. And so you've got to also spend a lot of time educating yourself. And I would say the most meaningful time I, that I, I spent was talking to prior survivors, clients, friends of ah. mine who are with to talk to me. Mm-hmm. Those con- phone calls, I can't tell this day, Marilyn, are so mean, we're so meaningful in my process of decision making mm-hmm. and finding calm.
0: Um. So you have the operation mm-hmm. um, and that's not the only thing because there's chemo to follow. Am I correct on that?
2: Correct. At that time, we thought so, that, the, we thought that masec, double mastectomy, I ended up having a double mastectomy. And I think it's important to state that. So I made the decision that okay. though they told me that only one breast needed to be removed, I made the decision I wanted to because the right breast would have required a lot more surveillance going ongoing. I would have had to go have mammograms four times a year because of my higher mm. risk. Just as a mm. family with, and with my doctors, I just said, you know what, guys, I feel too young. I want to take an aggressive, I want to be as aggressive as I can, not un, not you know unnecessarily, but I really want to try right. to do that. And so I ended up having a double mastectomy. At that time, they thought, you know that is more than enough um, and with all the information they had from the biopsy, and that surgery went extremely well. I walked out of there feeling really strong, even though you're, you know, it's really a big surgery. I have to say my surgeons it's and doctors major.
0: were- yeah. major, major.
2: Yeah. Major, you know, um, I went home to recover and rest. And then the, 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 now they have all of the breast tissue that all went out to the pathologist. And three weeks later, when that came in, they found a cell type that was not contained in the original biopsy called HER2. And so I mm-hmm. came back as HER2 positive. And when you come back as HER2 positive, we all have HER2 genes in our breasts. But my HER2 genes were multiplying at an extremely high rate, which is what actually creates a cancer situation and, you know, throws your body off and, and gives you, uh, it's a very specific cell type that brings in a lot of risk for reoccurrence. And when that happened, my doctors regroup with me again and say, Look, we're, you know, we, we're, we're, we know this is, this is a, this is a roller coaster ride, but we want to make sure you're protected and you're safe. And we feel it is best now to do a preventative course of chemotherapy. You're a young mom, you know, you're a young woman.
0: Mm-hmm. We want to
2: make sure that we do everything we need to do now and really, you know, help you to put this behind you for good.
0: I have to ask you throughout all of these. Benchmarks. How? I know there were tears. There's no doubt about that. Oh, but you also have to stay positive, right? You do, because you are a positive person. So what's the conversation in your head? I know you've you've got a very wonderful husband and a close-knit family. But what's the conversation that Greta has with Greta when you get bad news and you have to sort through all of that?
2: Um, I think... I didn't know. I I felt so polarized when they did tell me that I had breast cancer just from the biopsy, honestly, Marilyn. I remember saying to Ricky, Uh and he felt the same way. I said, "I, I can't tell anyone. I couldn't tell my closest family members. It took me from May 1st to May 10th. So to your excellent question. I want to be honest. I don't think women or can feel like pressure. They, you need a minute to regroup in yourself. So the conversation was for me. The first thing I said to myself is just acknowledged. I was not ready. I was not ready to have to be any to really put this out to anyone, even adults, even the adults that I love and who love me and my family. I, I needed a moment. I needed to you know really just fall apart. Cry with Ricky, Mm -hmm. he cried with me, you know, Mm -hmm. after we put the kids Mm to sleep, crying in the shower, and thinking, Mm -hmm. how do you tell people this? And how do you it's not about, you know, uh, this grand announcement. It's it's just about this unbelievable acknowledgement that, you know, this this has this has happened to you. And I think that I agree. Yes, am I positive? Sure I am. But even when even when people and I have a whole I'm paying it forward and I always ask anyone who knows anyone who has just diagnosed please have them call me the first thing i say on that when i when i call them um marilyn as i say hi i'm greta it's greta here i say please let me just say this i'm so sorry i'm so sorry this happened to you because i think you can't say we got this until you acknowledge that it's a really life-changing huge event to have you know this diagnosis any diagnosis Where? Your life.
0: Where are you now on all of this? It's a year later, it's an oh, anniversary great. coming up, Mother's Day is coming up. How are you, where are you? I am great. I
2: have to tell you, I am great. I wanna say I did come through the surgery so well, I'm much better than I expected. The chemo, I mean, I was so nervous about chemo. I read everything I could. I talked to everyone I could. Um, I had a, gr- I have a great doctor, Bo- Dr. Bonnie Reichman, who I will love and always say has been an incredible, incredible partner in this. You need to make sure you absolutely feel that close and confident about your doctors. Um, you did I that cold
0: say- cap, cold cap chemo. You did that cold yeah. cap chemo. What was that all about? Yeah. So the cold cap process is all about freezing your scalp.
2: And I uh-huh. did this for during my chemo treatment in order to not lose my hair. Now it's completely unique for every person hair loss as you know but the big drugs mm-hmm. one of which is Axol, which I took from my chemo a lot of those big drugs they are usually 99% sure to cause baldness during this you know hair loss and baldness during this treatment mm-hmm. I Actually, have a wrapped on like a like a Velcro freezer helmet, if you can believe it's frozen in dry ice overnight. I show up for my chemo. We strap that on and basically freeze my scalp like an ice cream headache. Have you ever felt that feeling? Oh it's yeah. Great. Yes, but it's totally tolerable. And then what that does um, is that that freezes the all of the blood vessels in the scalp, so it basically mm. creates a block by constricting them. So the chemo as it's coursing through and doing its job, mm-hmm. it can't actually make it to the follicle of where the hair bulb gets affected. And typically that's why hair falls out. Mm. So that's frozen, that stays on the entire time of the treatment, even four hours after you're done with treatment, you sit there with a cold scalp while while the chemo mm-hmm. is doing its job and, and, and working through working through the, your body. Um, and I did that for three months and I had less I had virtually no hair loss. Um, in addition to that, Marilyn, I froze my hands and my feet because you can get neuropathy from a lot of chemo treatments, a lot of the drugs within the chemo treatments. So I want to make sure. That, what neuropathy- does that
0: mean? What does that mean? What does that mean to people? What does that mean?
2: Neuropathy means that you have n- uh, numbness or tingling that can either be temporary or permanent as a side effect. So it's Mm -hmm. very, very, you know, it can, it can give you this awful feeling. You ever have pins and needles and you're shaking your hands out. Yes. You can have that in your hands and your feet. And I talked to a couple of amazing survivors who had gone through this many years before me and said, geez, you know, cold therapy wasn't available when I was diagnosed. You should absolutely do that and tolerate it because now I have trouble buttoning my shirt because of neuropathy or, you know, my feet on the soles ache. There's
0: not a lot of talk about this. So it's wonderful for you to ask me about it. Uh, there's so much more to talk to you about. So where are you now? A year later, you are where? I'm, I am done with chemo. Check. Healed
2: from all Check. my surgeries. Check. I've had blood marker cancer tests and they've all come out amazing. I'm clear. And I also, the only thing I'm still finishing up is a drug called Herceptin and thank God for it. It has very little side effects, and that is the it, it, that goes a year. You take that for a year to protect mm-hmm. against the HER2 positive result I shared. So that is a specialized targeted therapy. It's amazing. Before, you know, pretty much, Marilyn, had I been diagnosed even 10 years ago, this might not have been available to me. So it's very new. Right. It's very cutting. In. And again, sitting here in quarantine, I'm feeling very, very blessed that I get to go tomorrow and get my treatment.
0: I'm so happy to see you. I also want to say this. Uh, You have been a trooper, a navigator for others, a listening, um, uh, uh, you you listen to people, you answer their questions on your Instagram, but you also have really said, listen, this is who I am. You made it, as I said to you before, a decision to share the story. And I'm sure people are so grateful that you did. Now, you also have done something else because you just don't stop with Greta Lux. Do you want to talk about that? We'll talk about that really yeah. briefly, but it's exciting.
2: I know you're so great. Well, you know, it's, it's, I'm always a lover of small business. I know so many on your team have incredible small businesses too. And, and, and that's something I started my business 25 years ago. And so the month of April was my 25th anniversary. So what was crazy about that is that we were planning this big party and here we are yeah. four stores, closed. So what Mm -hmm. we did to counterbalance that was we just, we opened a a website. We have an online store and we're, yeah, we were just like, well, if not now, when? (laughs) Now, granted, we can't do hair and manicures, you know, Mm -hmm. via remote or Mm -hmm. via Mm -hmm. through a screen, but we can keep Mm -hmm. our clients stocked and feeling good on their favorite hair care, take home, you know, kits, um, and most importantly with Greta Lux, we have all of the great fashion and style and accessories to keep people smiling. So the goal is is to try to just stay connected, Marilyn. That's like, you know, yep. that's been the best part of it with my team and my and my clients. And now we're meeting all these other new people because, you know, Instagram and Facebook mm. and the world is small and thank goodness it is.
0: It's the world is small. You have been an inspiration. I'm so glad to talk to you face-to-face, and one day we will reconnect, whether I have to go down to New York or you come to Toronto. Yes. It was so good to see you meet Ricky and the and the boys. So good. Happy Mother's Day to you, Greta Monier. Happy
2: Mother's Day to you. You're the best. You are the icon, boss, amazing. You know, you know you're know, you my idol, so thank you so much for spending uh, this time with me, and I do get pampered. I know you will on Mother's Day, too. Oh, uh, I
0: Okay, you too, honey. Thank you so much. Marilyn Dennis does a podcast. New episodes every week. You can download or subscribe on the iHeartRadio
1: app or wherever you get your podcasts.